If you're visiting with us, or Don in your case too, if you came here to hear a divine sermon, I'm sorry, it ain't going to happen. They're out in Oregon, I think, but they're on vacation. Our pastor, Mike Devine, and Kit are on vacation, so you got me. Uh, I am Gary Nicholson. I am a certified lay speaker with the United Methodist Church, or as I like to say, bona fide. Bonafide, that's right. Um, and if you um, were there with us last Sunday, you know that uh, we are covering, during the, a couple of months in the summer here, we are covering um, the letters that Paul wrote to the churches. And Mike asked me if I would speak about Colossians and you know, what, what was going on there and what the letter was all about. So this is the deal. The Colossians had a lot of people that were giving them some um, untruth, some untrue things. Um, the leader of the church went to Paul and said, hey, we've got a problem. I uh, need to do something about this. So Paul wrote a letter and said, don't do it. Don't listen to them. And that, and that was it. Any questions? <laughs> okay, thanks. No, you're not going to get off that easy. You know that. That's right. That's right. That's the abbreviated version. So what was going on in Colossians? To start out with, Colossians is a letter written by Paul to the church in Colossae, which is modern-day Turkey. It's interesting to note that Colossae is, the, is no longer there. The, a lot of the foundations and some of the original buildings and stuff right there you can still find, but actually... They moved the town and renamed it, moved it up, up the hill a little bit. Don't know why, but I, I, I probably was around back then, but I don't remember what people were talking about it. So, But anyway, it, it is still there. There's also, as, as Mike mentioned uh, last Sunday, there is some question on Colossians as well about whether or not Paul actually wrote it. And I'm not going to go into the detail that he did on it, uh, but I'll just hit some of the highlights on that. Some of it has to do with... Well, the sentences that were written in this were too long. Paul didn't write sentences that long. And some of the way he spoke, he didn't speak that way. So it's, it was stuff like that. But generally, ever, even the people who don't believe Paul actually wrote this, they all believe that it follows what Paul said. And that it may be that Paul had one of, um, you know, one of his followers um, to actually, you know, he dictated it to them, they wrote it, and then they kind of fluffed it up a little bit. I don't know. But anyway, it's generally accepted that this is from Paul. The, the members of the church in Colossae, the Colossians, were Gentiles. Um, and it was interesting to note, when I, when I think of the letters to the churches, I think of churches, you know. Uh, there actually was no church building uh, they met in the home of one of the members, um, which, you know, it, it, like I said, I, I, I just always pictured this huge church, like maybe some of the synagogues they had back then and everything, but these were small groups of true believers. Kind of reminds me of Arbor Point. It was founded by, okay, I'm going to take a shot on this, but y'all probably can't tell any difference anyway, but it's Epipris was the, the fellow that uh, actually, he was the one that founded it. 
and he was at one time had been associated with Paul and it may be that Paul sent him there we're not not really the theologians are not really sure how he ended up going there and, and find and found in the church but there were some serious problems going on within the church and Epaphras went to Paul and said what do we need to do again it's not clear if he wrote him if he sent a message to him it is believed that he actually went there and, and talked to Paul about this um, the, the church was facing some a lot of things a lot of people that were saying they were Christian but they were adding a lot of things to the service that didn't follow the teachings of, of Christ the area around Colossae was known for a bunch of strange folks, cults, magic, black magic, a lot of rules about food and drink. But mainly what they were doing was they were teaching and emphasizing that Jesus was not the supreme being, that he was below God, and that you could talk to angels, you could talk to different things, but Jesus was not the supreme God. He was different. He was his son. And luckily, the Galatians had not succumbed to this. And they had went to Epaphras and said, what's the real deal here? We need to know. As, re as I was reading this, I couldn't help but think, do we face that same problem today? I think we do. Vicki and I were privileged uh, a little over a year ago to get go to Hawaii, and we stayed at the Halekoa Hotel on Waikiki Beach. Halekoa is a military, uh, they call it a resort, uh, stretched it a little bit, but it was, it was very nice, uh, and the prices were great. But while we were there, we were, uh, went to uh, the church service on Sunday, at the Fort DeRussey Army Chapel. Fort DeRussey was a coastal battery and that's the, the hotel and the shops and everything were built on that uh, for the Halekoa. While we were there, we, we actually went to, I think it was two different sermons or two different uh, services, I mean. And on one of them, we had a Protestant Korean pastor, chaplain, army chaplain, get up and give a sermon and the sermon that he gave was very much like what Paul was saying here in Colossians. It was one of those where you just wanted to jump up and say amen. He talked about how today, how there are different versions of the Bible out there, that people have taken the Bible and they have rewritten it to support their issues, their groups, their beliefs. And I can't, I, won't, I can't list all the different Bibles. I don't remember them. I wish I'd gotten them later from him. But he, he went through this long list of different versions of the Bible that had been rewritten to meet the goals of these groups or individuals. And But the thing that I remember about him was he, he told us, he said, now when you hear this, he said, don't turn your back. He said, don't walk away. He said, run. And he didn't say just run. He said, 
run, run, run. And I still remember that. Of all the things in Hawaii that I brought back as a memory, that is one of the strongest. This sermon and the message from him saying that when you hear this deception, when you hear this stuff that is not doctrinal, run, run, run. I got to thinking about that, and I thought, you know, if Paul had been there in that sermon, I would imagine he said, amen, so loud that they could hear it in Maui. Because this is just like Paul. Just the things he say, that he would say. Paul addresses it directly in Romans 16, 17-8. He tells us there, says, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them, for such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites, and by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. So this is something that Paul wrote to the Romans. It's something you'll see that he's telling the people in Colossae, the, the Colossians at the church. Don't fall for this. Don't, don't listen to it. He starts out in his letter praying for them and giving thanksgiving for, the, for them as a church. And this is what he said about them is something that I would have loved to have heard about our church. And I think if, he ever wrote, if Paul ever wrote to Arbor Point, I think this is what he would say. He said, we have heard of your faith in Jesus Christ and of the love you have for all God's people. Wow. Is that not awesome? But I, I truly believe that if one was written to Arbor Point, he would tell us the same thing because I feel that in Arbor Point. He goes on and he talks about the su supremacy of the Son of God. I'm going to put that on hold for just a minute. We're going to come back to that because that's really important. Paul talks about his labor for the church. And Paul, he, he is a truly unbelievable individual. In that he, you know, he talks about, he says, Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you. I've never rejoiced in my suffering. I don't know about y'all. But leave it to Paul to take something that is so hard, that is so difficult, and rejoice in it that he is serving the Lord. That is just awesome. He goes on to talk about spiritual fullness in Christ. And he tells them, See to it that no one takes you captive through the hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition, and the elements of spiritual forces of this world other than Christ. And this is something that we battle today that everybody battles. It's something that he, he warns us about, the Lord Jesus warned us about over and over again. Don't live for the things of this world. Live for the things in heaven. Because this, this is all going to go away. This, the city not being there anymore, to me, is an awesome, awesome statement toward this. The people who this was written to are long gone and dead, but so is their city. It is all now just rocks in a field. He talked about freedom from human rules. Again, a, a lot of what they were getting told was, you got to follow these rules. You got to eat this bread in a certain way. You got to, you know, 
stand on one foot and jump up and down while you drink this. Um, but he, he told them, he said, Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, festival a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. And he reminds them that the reality is found in Christ. He goes on to talk about living as those who were alive in Christ, and he tells them to set their minds on things above, not on earthly things. Then in the next section, he talks about how they should live in their family. Ladies, listen. Everybody, all right, listen. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands, and it is fitting to the Lord. That's all you need to know about that. Yes? Yes. Of course, you know it's not that. That's not all with that one. But he goes on, husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents and everything for this pleases the Lord. And then at the end of the letter, he gives his final greetings, which are so elegant. I just love them. He says, I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. Awesome. Now let me go back and talk about what is probably one of the most important statements made in the New Testament. And that's in Colossians 1, 15 through 20. A lot of times this is referred to as a hymn. Uh, to Christ and I kind of worried about that or wondered about that so I did a lot of research and you know back in the days of the church at Colossae they, they didn't have books they didn't have internet uh, most of what they learned was stories that were told creeds that were repeated hymns that were sang so it is believed that this became a hymn for the worshipers, uh, not only at Colossae, but in the other churches that, that this letter was passed on to, reminding them of the supremacy, the power of Jesus Christ. I'm going to read it now, and I'm reading from the uh, Common English Bible, Colossians 1, 15 through 20. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the one who is first over all creation, because all things were created by him, both in the heavens and on the earth, the things that are visible and the things that are invisible, whether they are thrones or power or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He existed before all things, and all things are held together in him. He is the head of the church. He is the head of the body, the church who is the beginning, the one who is firstborn among the dead, so that he might occupy the first place in everything. Because all fullness of God was pleased to live in him, and he reconciled all things to himself through him, whether things on earth or in heaven. He brought, he brought peace through the blood of his cross, devotion to Jesus Christ, and all things he must have preeminence. This was the core of the problem at Colossae. Paul makes it very clear that God is not 
that Jesus Christ is not separate from God. He made it very clear that these were false teachings. That God and Jesus Christ are one and the same. And that they are a powerful, supreme being. And that God has always been part of it. Basically, this verse answers the question, and this is why it's so important, of who is Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ is the supreme son of our God. If you remember nothing else about Colossians, remember this verse. It is powerful. Would you join me in prayer? Dear Lord, we come before you with our problems that we feel like are something new, that, it, it's, that our, our world is terrible, that it's different. And then we read in the scripture about how both you and the early believers had to deal with the same things that we deal with now. We thank you for the, for the power that you have, the power of grace and the, the power to forgive. You are the way, you are the truth, you are the light. Open our eyes that we may follow you more closely. For it's in your holy name that we pray. Amen.